All right. Thank you. Thank you, Father Alar, for giving me new life. I was about to crawl up and go to sleep and die. But he's like, you know what? I have a little story for you. And so, thank you, Father Alar. I am now ready and inspired to go back and fight this craziness going around the world, telling everybody that there's such a thing as rapture and that we should all just wait for God to come and take us away from this world and suddenly we're nothing but our clothes are left behind. Yeah, I saw all the movies. I've read all. I, I collected all of Mr. Jenkins' Left Behind series. So, yeah, come on. Let's... Let's dispel this a little. Can we, please? All right, great. I'm going to show you why I'm so confident in what I'm saying. I'm going to show you, in fact, not tell you, how, what lengths God is willing to go for us. If you read the Revelation verse correctly, it says that the wheat... And the weeds, the weeds will be removed and thrown into the fire. Can you please read it correctly? Give me the Bible. Give me the verse. I'm going to send you to Geno Jennings. Or I'll be Geno Jennings for you. Lick me that scripture before you tell me there's a rapture. It's like going to wrap you over the head. Anyways, on a lighter tone... When I can get some internet, which we will be right back to do. Oops. Stories and legends that in our Catholic faith and tradition tell us how we develop this season and how we celebrate it today. For instance, we all know the story of Joseph and Mary when they had to flee to Egypt because Herod was given the orders to kill all the young boy children who he feared would be the king. Now, the legend says that as Joseph and Mary headed to Egypt with the baby Jesus child, they stopped along the way to rest overnight, and they stayed in a cave. Now, while they were in that cave, it got very cold, and there was a spider. And a spider decided to spin the web over the door of the cave to keep the cold air from blowing in, to keep the baby child Jesus warm and the holy family together. Now... I used to tell this story all the time, and now I find out there's even books written about it. So uh, the story is rich. Now, what happened was the soldiers that were coming and looking for young male children, unfortunately told by Herod to kill, they passed by the cave. And when they got to the cave, the soldiers were going to go in to see if there were any people or young boys that they were going to kill. But when they saw the spider web across the door, the one soldier said to the other, don't bother going in there. There's been nobody in that cave for a long time. Look at the cobwebs. And so this is the tradition that we have now today of tinsel. So as you can see, the tinsel that we celebrate on the tree as we hang it is tradition from that spider web. And you know, the Christmas tree itself has a story rooted in our traditions. You know, the Catholic faith came to Germany back in the 8th century with a saint from England, actually, named Saint Boniface. 
Now, he came to Germany, and it was there that he witnessed several people who were worshipping the tree, the tree of uh, Thor. And this was a big oak tree. And he decided to prove that there was no god called Thor, and this sacred tree was vincible, not invincible. He chops it down. And to the horror of many of the people, nothing happened to him. So as they called upon the god of Thor to destroy him, nothing happened. So what happened, St. Boniface taught the people there is no God named Thor. There's only one true God, Jesus Christ. And in it, he said, we represent him with something different. Not this, this oak tree, but he pointed to an evergreen. Now, why is a tree evergreen? The Christmas tree is evergreen because it doesn't die. It stays evergreen. And we also have in the tradition that there was places on the tree that they would hang lights. These were actually candles. We hang lights, but the candles were hung on the tree for flames. Christ was the light of the world. Then they also hung little wafers from the tree that represented the Eucharist. And so as they became Christians, these ornaments from the tree were circular wafers. Well, over time they became cookies, and then they became Christmas ornaments. As you can see, we have one of St. Faustina here with Jesus. By the way, you can get these Christmas bulbs. We have tons of them on shopmercy.org. But anyway, this has become secular in a way, but it shouldn't. Because the tradition comes from the tree that was representing the tree of life in the garden of Adam and Eve. This is a powerful tradition, and now we see the meaning of the Christmas tree. Also, too, you might be celebrating your Christmas parties there in your offices. This is the honest truth. We had our Christmas party, and as we did our Secret Santa, uh, get in here, Secret Santa. This is Secret Santa, cameraman Giuseppe, and this is absolutely true. I am not making this up. I drew uh, my Secret Santa, and I actually could not believe, neither could the staff, Could you? we could focus a close-up here. This was the gift I drew, the socks, of cameraman Giuseppe. Ho, ho, ho. Giuseppe. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be kidding. What is that? Ecstasy. Giuseppe socks. <laughs> Did you know that um, um, St. Joseph of Cupertino, he's my, one of my favorites, he was constantly in ecstasy. Like, he would just daze out, and, and people would, like, touch him, like, poke his eyeball or something, and it would just be like he's a sta It was like one of those wax statues, you know? But he that's what they call being in ecstasy, where your spirit is, like, completely with God, and your flesh, your flesh is just sitting there like in a coma. <laughs> We hope you too have a wonderful Christmas. It's coming up. We got more great stuff on Christmas to come. Stay with us. Every time you would look at the uh, anything to do with Mary, he would just float like a helium balloon. He would, can't help it. He's just so overjoyed in ecstasy. He's just starts floating like a helium balloon. It's just so great. You gotta go watch. If there's a movie, just just look it up. Saint Giuseppe, Saint Joseph of Cupertino, or Giuseppe. How do you, it's G I S E P I or something like that.
Okay, awesome. Thank you so much, Father, for bringing me back to the Garden of Adam and Eve. So let's continue our story at the first book of Adam and Eve. Uh, let's get some nature music, maybe. Yeah, ethereal, ethereums on everybody's mind. So look, listen to some ethereal music. Yeah. All right. Here's some beautiful looking one right here. Two, one hour. Okay. Helps me keep the time of how long I'm reading, so I don't go too. I don't overtax myself and wear myself out. You still listening? Are you? Oh, good. Let's begin. Um, chapter 6. So we read chapter 1 through 5 yesterday. We're going with chapter 6. Got it. Okay, go away. Chapter 6. God's reprimand to Adam and Eve in which he points out how and why they sinned. 1. But God looked at them for they had killed themselves through great grief. But he decided to raise them and comfort them. He therefore sent his word to them that they should stand and be raised immediately. And the Lord said to Adam and Eve, You transgressed of your own free will until you come out of the garden in which I had placed you. Of your own free will, ha will have... Number five. Of your own free will have you transgressed through your desire for divinity, greatness, and an exalted state, such as I have, so that... I deprived you of the bright nature in which you then were, and I made you come out of that garden to this land, rough and full of trouble. Footnote number nine. Note that God said it was of their own free will that they transgressed his commandment. They desired to become like gods, knowing good from evil. You want to judge, right? Go ahead. A more exalted state than which God had assigned for them. And for their transgression, he changed them from beings with a light, glorious nature into beings of flesh. So stay in that flesh, okay? You want the rapture? Go ahead. If only you had not transgressed my commandment and had kept my law and had not eaten of the fruit of the tree which I told you not to come near. And there were fruit trees in the garden better than that one. But wicked Satan did not keep his faith and had no good intent towards me that although he had created him, he considered me to be useless and sought the Godhead for himself 
For this I hurled him down from heaven, so that he could not remain in his first estate. It was he who made the tree appear pleasant in your eyes, until you ate of it by believing his words. Footnote 10. This is a very profound statement worth spending much time on. Note Satan's, agree- Note Satan's arguments against Christ, his creator. Quote, dot, dot, dot. He considered me to be useless and sought the Godhead for himself. Unquote. I have written a whole paper on the subject and how Satan attempts to make Jesus useless to the world today from the false teachings of atheism, agnosticism, evolution, denying the divinity of Jesus, idolatry, neglecting to pray in the name of Jesus, deism without Jesus, etc. Secondly, Satan promotes disobedience to God's commandments and directives, thereby replacing ourselves as if we were God's who could do as we desired. If Christ cast Satan out of heaven for these reasons, then he would, then we should not expect that he would welcome back into heaven those who do these Satan-inspired things. Thus, make Jesus of highest priority in your life and obey his commandments and testimonies. Verse 8. Thus have you transgressed my commandment, and therefore I have brought on you all these sorrows. For I am God the Creator, who, when I created my creatures, did not intend to destroy them. But after they had sorely roused my anger, I punished them with grievous plagues that they should repent. 10. But if on the contrary they still continue hardened in their transgression, they shall be under a curse forever. Unquote. Chapter 7 The Beasts Are Appeased. When Adam and Eve heard these words from God, they cried and sobbed yet more, but they strengthened their hearts in God because they now felt that the Lord was to them like a father and a mother. And for this reason, for this very reason, they cried before him and sought mercy from him. Then God had pity on them and said, O Adam, I have made my commandment with you, and I will not turn from it. Neither will I let you return to the garden until my covenant 
of the great six days is fulfilled. Then Adam said to God, "O Lord, you created us, and made us fit to be in the garden. And before I transgressed, you made all beasts come to me, that I should name them. Your grace was then on me, and I named every one according to your mind, and you made them all subject to me." But now, O、oh、Lord God, I have transgressed your commandment. All beasts will rise against me, and will devour me. And Eve, your handmaid, and cut, and will cut off our life from the face of the earth. I therefore beg you, O、oh、God, that since you have made us. Come out of the garden, and have made us to be in a strange land. This is some strange music for sure. I don't like it. Let's get some better stuff. Six. I therefore beg you, O God, that since you made us, that since you made. You have made us come out of the garden, and have made us be in a strange land. You will not let the beasts hurt us. Seven. When the Lord heard these words from Adam. He had pity on him, and felt that he had truly said that the beasts of the field would rise and devour him and Eve, because he, the Lord, was angry with the two of them on account of their transgressions. Eight. Then God commanded the beasts and the birds and all that moves on the earth to come to Adam, and to be familiar with him, and not to trouble him and Eve. Nor yet any of the good and righteous among their offspring. Then all the beasts paid homage to Adam, according to the commandment of God, except the serpent, against which God was angry, and did not come to Adam. It. Did not come to Adam with the beasts. Chapter Eight: The bright nature of man is taken away. Then Adam cried and said, "Oh God, when we lived in the garden." And our hearts were lifted up. We saw the angels that sang praises in heaven. But now we can't see like we used to. No. When we entered the cave, all creation became hidden from us. Then God, the Lord, said to Adam, 
When you were under subjection to me, you had a bright nature within you, and for that reason, could you see things far away. But after your transgression, your bright nature was withdrawn from you, and it was not left to you to see things far away, but only near at hand. And after the ability of the flesh, for it is brutish. We're ending here, picking up at the end of page 15. Coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. All right, all right, real quick before we attend mass, I want to have a heart to heart with you because I want to help you because I've gone through what you're going through right now. A few years ago, I'm like. Steps ahead of you, but not like a hundred. You see what I'm saying? Here's the deal. Things seem like they're falling apart in one way or another in your world. In your world, something is falling apart. What you thought was reality, what you held as foundation for happiness of life. Is all being exposed as lies. The prison walls are being revealed, and it's shocking. And we hear things from people all over the place going nuts because they don't understand nothing, nothing. And you're hearing them, and you're looking for answers, and they sound like they have answers. But they're just hot air, all right. And I'll tell you why. And I just realized this the other day. There's something called a bramble bush. Everybody is fucking caught in a snare, and they don't know how to get themselves out. And all they have for you is their gnashing of teeth, just like the Bible said it would. People are yapping. Blowing that hot air, talking heads—I don't care what you have to call it—they're people with advice to give you when they know nothing. Gnashing of teeth. All right. Why are they gnashing their teeth? Because they're caught in barbed wire. What? Have you ever seen that movie with Mel Gibson, Bird on a Wire? You should really watch it. It's hilarious. They're caught in a bramble bush. It's a snare, like a snare drum. But this one, it's a thorn bush. It's not a V I N E. What is the difference between a vine and a bush? You ever wonder about that? I did. I had vines grow on my brick wall. Did you know why vines like to grow on brick wall? Because they're actually eating the nutrients of the dirt inside the brick. What? Yeah. You'll never get those sucker off without like a crazy power washer thing. It's crazy. They dig the, the roots, eat into the clay of the brick. They always find a way. They are always going up. They always grow up. They grew up. My 
my entire house because it was made of brick, like those ancient, you know, storybooks. It was beautiful. I loved it. It was like a secret garden. <laughs> but my neighbors didn't like it. They were like, oh, you should really get that off. I'm like, man, stop talking about my stuff. Leave me alone. You see this? You try to live. You try to have freedom. But everybody tries to tell you how to live free. Well, you just shut up and live your own darn free life and stop telling me what to do for a change. How about that? Hello? Moses? Anyone? Stop passporting my ass. I don't need to show you my papers. Why the do I have to show you my papers? Why the are you saying passport equals freedom, you idiot? Excuse me. show somebody uh, hello does not <sighs> okay let's attend mass I think I'm done it's a snare people okay you've been caught in their thorn bush because you can't let go of that money yeah same problem Moses had in Egypt didn't he golden calf you can't let go of that money you signed a contract. A binding contract. Did you or did you not? Because if you didn't, what are they going to hold you to? That's what my question is. And if you did sign a contract, what does it say exactly? Do you have the right to end terminate this contract? You think? Uh, what does baptism mean? Die, bitch, die. I'm dead. You don't need my name. I have no name. I have no social security number. Shut up. I don't need to tell you nothing. I don't need your fucking crap no more. Okay? I don't need shit that is wrapped in pretty glittering paper. When you open it, it's still shit. You know no freedom. You are imprisoned and you don't even freaking know it. So stop complaining about passports and papers, you idiots. Okay, we're going to church now so I can... Okay, great. Javine, Groovin' On Up presents St. John Damascene on Holy Images followed by three sermons on the Assumption translated from the original Greek by Mary H. Allies, London, Thomas Baker, 1 Soho Square, West, 1898. Available on Gutenberg.org. This is an uh, ebook for the use of anyone, anywhere in the United States and most parts of the world at no cost. restrictions whatsoever we may you may copy it give it away or reuse it under the terms of the project gutenberg license included with this ebook or online at gutenberg.org/license if you are not located in the US you'll have it you'll have to check with the laws of the country where you are located before using this ebook pretty much it's fine 
Release date September 09, 2015. Ebook number 49917. Produced by Andrew Dunning. Scanned from, created from scans by the University of Toronto. Available through the Internet Archive. Transcribers notes. Casual New Year's outfit, easy crochet clothes, and other. Okay, this is the crap I'm talking about. I'm reading my own stuff. Minor amenda, uh, emendations have been made to pronunciation and spelling. Minor changes. Great. Awesome. Imperture. Herbutas Cardinales Von Han. Archipiscopas West Monasterianesis. Dia. 12 Augusti, 1898. Died August 12, 1898. Wow, really? Wow. I'm telling you, 812. Translator's Preface. A treatise on images will not be out of place in a public which is confusing the making of images with the making of idols. A great Christian of the 8th century found himself called upon to face an imperial iconoclast, meaning they were eliminating them. He would willingly have remained silent, but would not bury his talent of eloquence. He brought it forth and witnessed to the teaching of the church a language which present, quote, exciting scenes, unquote, in Anglican churches brings home in the most forcible way. Our English image breakers are in the camp of Leo Asaurian. Asaurian. I-S-A-U-R-I-A-N. Who in the 8th century waged war against the holy images. Mm-hmm. In the plausible text that they withdrew honor from God. Well, the 7th General Council condemned his assault and it determined the different kinds of worship using the Greek terms of latria and dulia. We know what that means, don't we? If not, go back a couple episodes. The special champion of holy images is St. John Damascene, whose treatise is now published for the first time in English. Every article in the creed has its special defender. St. John Damascene proclaims the communion of saints and the honor of God through his chosen and favored servants. No part of Catholic belief is in vain. No part of Catholic belief is a vain word. Uh, nor can the true children of the church say with their lips what they do not hold in their hearts. I believe in the communion I believe in the communion of saints follows upon I believe in Gad, so that the enemies of the saints are the enemies of Gad. This is the doctrine which St. John Damascene, S.J.D., traces back to the eternal ages 
before time was in the divine. Oh, I can't read Greek yet. Uh, Nick St. Nicholas, Veniamin says, Mark, Daniel, and testimonials discuss their journey of empowerment. Uh-huh. Here's a journey for empowerment. The divine of the Father in the person of the Son. Gad, the Son, is the image by essence. And then he becomes a viable image or form in time, clothed in flesh and blood, showing us by his own example that our worship of God is through corporeal means. I'm sorry. Showing us by his own example that our worship of God is through corporeal. Corp O real. C O R P O R E A L. Things. Okay, I'll be back. I got, I can't, I'm getting too loud.